When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When Luke Richardson left to take the head coaching job in Chicago, the Canadians have been looking for an assistant coach ever since. On the Sick Podcast, I brought up the name of Alain Nasruddin from Montreal, Quebec, who was the assistant coach of the New Jersey Devils for seven and a half years and even coached the Devils for half a season. Former Montreal Canadian Mark Recchi, who worked with Alain Nasruddin as an assistant coach in New Jersey, joined me on the sick podcast about a month ago and he said it's too late as it turned out mark was right on july 1st ali nasruddin signed as assistant coach of the dallas stars we talked being an assistant coach his career and everyone he's had a chance to work with coming up on the sick podcast i'm marinero turn up your volume your volume because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Marinero, the sick podcast brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark and Brought to you by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was back in the day when it was called Lacage au Spore, well, you have no idea what you're missing out on. It's time you get back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Um, this is going to be a pleasure. I haven't had a chance to talk to him before, but he's built up a pretty good reputation as an assistant coach in the National Hockey League. He played in the National Hockey League, in the American Hockey League. In Germany, played here, there, and everywhere. He has extensive experience as a player and in the world of coaching. And he was relieved of his duties as assistant coach of the New Jersey Devils after eight years with the organization back in early May. And he wasn't out of a job for too long because on July 1st, the Dallas Stars announced Alain Nasruddin is their new assistant coach. He goes to work with Peter DeBoer or under Peter DeBoer. He joins me right now. Ale, how are you? Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. The last time I saw you do one of these, you were on with my buddy Jean Charles. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Once in a while, it happens on the French media. I get a little more yeah. love there. On, on TV Aspar. Well, now you're getting the, uh, the, the love on the English side. Now, I know you're from Montreal, but where exactly? I read St. Leonard. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. I, uh, I was born in Montreal and raised in St. Leonard. Uh, I have a ton of friends still there. And uh, yeah, until I moved for hockey and I, I left uh, for uh, Drummondville. So you grew up with the Italians? Oh, I'm almost, I, I think I'm half Italian at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All my friends, most of my friends are Italian actually from growing up in, uh, in uh, St. Leonard. 
Yeah, I had a chat with Michel Therrien once, uh, or a couple of times anyway, but in, he told me that he grew up in salient art as well, and I said, you grew up with the Italians, and he knows a few Italian words. I would imagine you do too, but probably not good for the podcast. No, actually it's not, but if you want to give me the green light, I can go ahead, but <laughs> I, I don't think you want me to go there. No, no, I don't, I don't want you to go there. Thanks for doing this. Where are you right now, if you don't mind me asking? I'm actually uh, in Amherst, New York. I'm here with my uh, oldest son, who's a 2007. He, uh, he made the Atlantic District, and he's here for USA Hockey. It's a development and training camp. Uh, uh, so all the 2007, 15-year-old kids are all here uh, trying to make an impression. All right. So uh, he's still young, I know, but uh, he's working towards the same career that his dad had, or...? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, you know, we're uh, trying uh, trying to give him the tools, and uh, he's a nice little player. And, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's come a long way to be here. It's pretty special. I mean, this is all the best 2007 in the country. So, uh, you know, six days in Amherst, New York, there could be worse things. But uh, yeah. he got off a good start today, and, uh, you know, we're here to support. Is he a defenseman? No, <laughs> he's a forward. He's a forward. He's a left winger. Really, eh? I, I don't know why this happens, right? But... Your dad is a defenseman who ended up playing in the National Hockey League. He's an assistant coach. He coaches the D. If I was him, I'd be a defenseman. I, you know, I got the best coach at home. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. You mentioned that, but you see it everywhere. You see with the other coaches in the NHL where they might have been a four. Their, their, their kids are playing on D. But, no, I mean, he started playing hockey. He started being a winger and never, you know, never, never really tried to be a D. And yeah. I'm actually happy he's a left winger. He's got the tools to be a left winger more than a D. Is that right? That's that's pretty cool. It's good to hear. LA, uh, I know nothing lasts forever, and you were with the Devils organization for about eight years. Having said that, I have to tell you, I was surprised uh, when I got the word that, uh, that uh, you and Mark Recchi were relieved of your duties with the New Jersey Devils because – I, I thought, um, you know, I thought things were getting, uh, you know, the, the better days were ahead and I thought some good work was being done there. I didn't think the expectations were very high. It's an organization, a team that's been rebuilding over the past couple of years. Clearly, if we take a look at what they did now with free agency, they're trying to add pieces to the puzzle because now they, pro they want to take the next step. It looks that way. My question for you is, were you surprised? No. I uh, wasn't surprised. Um, you know, I had been there seven years and um, the interaction with management or the vibe around the team the last couple months kind of gave me the education that, you know, I could be uh, on the go. Um, you know, expectations weren't really high, like you said, but there were still like, you know, decent expectations. We wanted to take the next step and where we finished in the standings uh, just wasn't good enough. And, you know, you looked at, our, our, our place in the standings, the way we were playing, who we were losing to, interaction with the media, with the management. I had a I had a feeling that I wasn't going to come back. Um, you have a job now. You're with the Dallas Stars, but when you got word that um, your time was done with the New Jersey Devils, were you hoping to get a call from the Montreal Canadiens? You know. When I got let go, there was no opening in, in Montreal. Correct. Um, what I did is, you know, I reached out to a lot of teams that had openings. Um, Montreal is my, you know, my, 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 it was my favorite team growing up. Uh, I had reached out just in case something would have happened, but I did that with many, many teams. Uh, you're just trying to put your name out there, but 
I uh, prioritized the teams that had let their coaching staff go. And, um, you know, it, it's a, such a small world that when you go around and you look at a team like Detroit, oh, there's a couple guys I know that have played with or coached. Uh, you do the same thing with Dallas or you do the same thing with – and it's such a small world. So everywhere I looked where there was an opening, uh, you know, there's always someone I knew. So I reached out first and foremost to those teams. You try and look for a connection because it's a field where really loyalty takes you a long way, right? A lot of friends like to bring in people that they can trust that will be loyal to them. And that's it's been the way the National Hockey League for quite some time, right? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, and, and the world in general, to be honest, you know, it's yeah. – uh, uh, but hockey, the hockey world is such a, a small world that uh, you form connections, you form relationships, and those go a long way. But – I'll say this, you know, I did not know Pete DeBoer um, until I got the job. I had met him a couple of times, just a casual talk here and there. So that to me is probably the best, uh, the best thing is to, to know that your work, your work is being, um, you know, uh, noted and that there was no past relationship and there was no friendship there. So he really looked at my work and said, this is the guy I want. This is the guy I need. And, and here I am, you know, part of the staff. And uh, I'm really excited. He's such a good coach. We met last week. But, uh, uh, yeah, this this, this, this really, really, really made me feel like I, I did something good here, did something right. One of the things I've always wanted the National Hockey League to do is, is to get the game closer to the fans, right? And it's improved in many respects in terms of there's cameras behind the scenes. They take you to the draft. They take you to the trade deadline day. You're privy to some discussions that take place. The fans love that. Can you kind of um, reenact uh, how your conversations were like with Pete DeBoer? Uh, how many times did you guys talk? How long did you talk for? Maybe what were some of the things he asked about you? What were some of the answers you gave? I'm sure the fans would be curious. Yeah, it, I can. I think I can be pretty transparent there. Uh, you know, he he was proactive. Um, First time we talked, he, he didn't he didn't have anything on the go, didn't have anything uh, that that was confirmed. So uh, you know, I think he was pretty shocked himself that he got let go. I would probably consider both our situations the same, where I didn't feel I I should have got let go, and I'm sure he he didn't feel like he should have got let go from Vegas. Uh, but we all knew he we all knew he was going to get a job. He probably did that himself, and uh, so he reached out early and just asking what my plans were if I wanted to coach again and. Mm -hmm. If I had anything on the go, and you know, at that point it was early in the process, and uh, obviously didn't have anything, and uh, really wanted to coach again. Uh, so that was uh, probably a five-minute conversation, um, and then he told me that we would be in touch. Uh, he would get in touch again uh, later. And uh, fast forward two weeks later, he called me, uh, told me that he was getting the job in Dallas. Um, start talking hockey, you know, all the, the usual questions like, what are you going to bring? What do you do? What's your, uh, what are your strength? And then we, uh, we started talking systems, talk, talking about, uh, what the Dallas stars, he knew at the time what they needed to get better. Uh, so he started, uh, started asking me specific questions on, on, you know, their, their weaknesses and, and we just hit it off. It, it was just easy. It was just two guys talking hockey. Like we had done it for, you know, five, 10 years. And it was an immediate connection. And uh, it just, uh, you know, it would just hit it off. So at that point, it was really easy. So obviously, you know, being uh, coaching in the league for as long as you have, you know, everything about every single team. 
But I'm wondering when you found out that he was going to be the head guy in Dallas, did you brush up on the stars a little bit more so that you were ready for the questions or did it all happen at the same time? I'm going to be the head coach in Dallas. What can you tell me about the stars? Yeah, I didn't. There, there wasn't much prep there. You wow. know, I, 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 when he called me, I didn't know where he was going. Uh, so, okay. I mean, I was ready myself. I mean, I had I've gotten prepared of, you know, what I've done in this league for uh, seven years yeah. uh, both as an assistant and interim head coach and, Again, player uh, experience. So I, I was ready as far as that. But, uh, you know, I didn't know it was the Dallas Stars. Uh, yeah. I've been around enough to know a little bit about each and every team. So uh, uh, so it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't an issue. In Montreal, we talked about the Canadians before. Luke Richardson had said that he wasn't going to leave unless there was a head coaching opportunity. And he got that opportunity uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks. You were a head coach uh, on an interim basis there for while a change took place with the New Jersey Devils. Um, would you like to be a head coach one day? That's a long-term goal. Uh, I've said that for uh, many years, especially when I got you know that experience a couple of years back. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I still consider myself young. Uh, so there's time and there's no rush. Uh, I don't want to force it. Right now, I'm extremely happy. I'm tied long-term with the Dallas Stars. Uh, right now, my goal is to have success. Uh, Tony, you know what's been tough for me is seven years, uh, I've made the playoff once, and this this takes a toll. Uh, you know, losing, uh, as a player, I missed the, player, the, the playoffs once. Uh, so I, I'm just used to uh, of winning. My first five years in American Hockey League, we made it to the second round of the playoffs every single, every year. So for me, it was re really important. Not that I would have turned down a job like Montreal, per se, or Arizona, but I was happy when it was Dallas, knowing that Aaron, they're in the mix and there's a chance of winning next year. That's good to hear with Elaine Nazruddin. Um, you had a chance to work with P.K. Subban, with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, P.K. is not unanimous. I know you know that. Uh, not as uh, a player over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, we had him here in Montreal, and a lot of things were said. Uh, what I love about him is that uh, his passion for the game, um, his passion for everything, always upbeat, always full of energy. Um, at the time of this recording, he's an unrestricted free agent, still without a team. Can you talk to us about your experience working with him? It was a great experience. Uh, we, we, I mean, I think if you asked him, he would tell you the same. We had a good working relationship. Um, we got to know each other over the three years we worked together. Obviously, his role changed over those three years. And what was important was for him to understand that and accept it. Um, not that he's just uh, another player in this league. He's still a very good player. He's not just that you know, no longer that one or two that's going to contend for a, a Norris trophy every year, but he still has a lot of hockey left. And my relationship was very good to me. All I cared about, it was on the ice. What, what can you do to help the team on the ice? And you mentioned it. He's extremely passionate. Uh, he comes into work every day, ready to get better. And uh, yeah, did he have some tough stretches? Yeah, and uh, it's my job. It was my job to coach him, but he was always respectful, and that's that's all I ask. That's all I want when I coach players. I'm here to help you, and uh, as long as uh, there's uh, respect uh, in that relationship, there's there's never any issues, and I never had an issue with PK. The game is evolving. It's changing all the time. It's probably younger and faster than it ever has been. 
in terms of coaching methods, have you had to change in terms of systems? Have you had to change in terms of the, the practices, the drills? Have you had to change in terms of, you know, the way you coach the game in the last seven years that you've been coaching? You, you change every year, Tony. You know, you, you, you have to adapt. There's always something where you can get better, you can adapt and can change. Um, if you ask, let's just say Lindy Ruff has been around for 25 years. It's probably yeah. easier for him to tell you, like, I had to change this much from my first year. Now I've only been around seven years, but I can tell you that I've changed from my first year. Definitely. And the number one thing, and I think a lot of coaches would tell you is the relationship you build with your players. You know, if everything is one-on-one -on -one and every player is different and that's where I think is my strength. I, I think I have good relationships with the players. I have good communication I'm not one to come down and bark orders. Like I just want to have that partnership and work with those players. Uh, and at the end of the day, they all want to get coached and they all want to get better. A shout out to matrixhomefitness.ca, one of our sponsors, of course. You can bring it home, discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. I take a look at your uh, playing career. And I'm going to have to put on my glasses for this one because it's, uh, it's a little bit, uh, it's here, there, and everywhere, right? But you were four years in the queue, two years with Drummondville and two years with Shakutami, no problem. You were drafted by the Florida Panthers in 1993, sixth round, 135th overall. You did a couple of years with the Carolina Monarchs of the American Hockey League, onto the Indianapolis Ice as well for a couple of years. Chicago Blackhawks, Portland Pirates, Montreal Canadiens, Fredericton Canadiens, Quebec Citadels, Hamilton Bulldogs, New York Islanders, Bridgeport Sound Tigers, uh, Wilkes-Barre Penguins, Pittsburgh Penguins, Wilkes-Barre, Pittsburgh, Wilkes-Barre, and then a couple of years in Germany. The fact that um, you played 74 games in the National Hockey League, most of your career was in the American Hockey League, international hockey um, in Germany. Do you find that helps you relate to a lot of players? Because there are a lot of players that are journeymen as well, and their their careers are up and down and stuff like that. Do you find that helps you when you talk to players who either get sent down or get called up or in and out of the lineup? 100%. You know, I, I, I've gone through it. The one thing that I can't attest I have experienced is being a superstar in the NHL, right? I was never a superstar. The thing is, I did play with superstars. Uh, you know, I played with Sid and I played with Malkin. Uh, I had, a, you know, a few games with Montreal where we had the Koivus and, the, you know, the big-time players. So I know how these guys act and how these guys carry themselves. Um, and, yeah, you know, that's usually the norm in the NHL. It's tough to, 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 to make it to the NHL and stay there. So there's a lot of, you know, getting sent down, getting called up. And uh, I feel I can really relate to those guys. Um, and then, you know, when the young guys come up uh, – my five years I spent in American Hockey League, I was developing as well. I started, I was green, and uh, I had a really good head coach, John Hines, who is still my mentor and learned a lot from him. So, you know, you touched on it where it's a different game now. You got a lot of young guys coming up, and I don't want to say unfortunately, but you do have to develop at the NHL level, as crazy as it sounds. So, uh, again, you know, uh, having coach – five years in American Hockey League, having played a ton in the American Hockey League, getting called up, sent down, called up. I can really relate to a lot of players in the NHL. Give me a Sid story, Sidney Crosby. Sid, I got my the first time I got called up, I was probably 29 years old at the time. Uh, you know, 
for those who don't know me, I, I had a high compete. And uh, the one day we practiced, and Mike Taren was a coach running, a, you know, tough practices as always. And uh, so we did this drill was one-on-one battles. I ended up going against Sid. And uh, obviously my first practice against Sid, you know, he smoked me. Uh, didn't like it. We went again, and I, I gave, you know, I battled harder, so make sure you wouldn't, you wouldn't beat me. The next day, we practice again. It's almost the same drills, and he points at me. He said, Naz, let's go. I want to go against you because I realized after he told me, I said, I like how hard you went against me. I want to go against guys that are going to play me hard. And I wasn't talented, but the one thing is I did compete. And for him to beat me, he had to compete, and that's all he wanted. So just said the best player in the world, he, he approached every practice. Like it was a, a game. He was actually looking for it to get better. And uh, I was just happy. So every 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 day, every practice from that point on, we would go against one another, and I would give it to him. And then for some reason, I stopped him. He was really he would really be a crybaby. He was like, "Oh, you tripped me, or you hooked me, or you held me." And I'm like, and I would give it back to him. But it was that competitiveness that that really stood out to me. And he was 19 yeah. at the time. I, I I got a Sid story, and I'll never talk about off ice. But this one is one that I can I can share. I think uh, for sure. It was NHL All-Star Weekend, and it was in Montreal. And I figured or I had heard that the players were going to a certain establishment uh, for a couple of drinks. So I figured I'll show up, and that'll be a good opportunity to do a little PR here and probably get a couple of phone numbers and stuff like that and make some contacts. And uh, it's Montreal. So all the players that were going to be at that All-Star Weekend were really, really enjoying themselves that night in that particular establishment until about three o'clock in the morning uh and uh and uh, you know 90 percent of them were 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 uh you know a little tipsy and uh were wobbling out of the building sid that night sat at the same table had one beverage all night sat down with the same person and spoke with the same person and didn't move I've never seen someone more professional in my life. And when the night was over and he had left before then, and he was fantastic. And when I saw everyone walk out and they had every reason to have a good time, it's all-star weekend. Of course, there's nothing wrong with it, but I understood why he's the most complete player that this game has seen probably since some of the greats, because you know, even in an all-star weekend, he wasn't putting anything in his system. He left early. He never put himself in a bad spot. It, I've never seen someone act more professionally. Not surprised. I mean, I played with him for a year and a half, and you know, that's that's the norm. It's not it wasn't just because it was the all-star break, knew the cameras there, people were there. That's him. That's the reason why he's the best in the world. Uh, and he's been dominant this long. I mean, his commitment to the game is just, I don't think I've ever met anyone like this. Um, and you saw it. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> you want a story. I mean, it's a good story. I can, we can reverse the roles. And, you know, I remember one night when Sid took care of me, and I was a 30 year old and he was a 19 year old, you know, where I was a little tipsy and had a good time. Wow. So it just shows you how mature uh, he was and how dedicated to his craft uh, he is. That's unbelievable. I want to bring up a couple of defensemen who have obviously had a fantastic season this past season. And just tell me the first things that come to your mind when I say these names, okay? Adam Fox. Shifty. Victor Hedman. 
All around. Roman Yossi. Dominant. Kale McCarr. Best in the league. He really is, eh? I, I've had, you know, I've had discussions. I mean, if I were to start a team, take away goaltending, he'd be he'd be really, really high. And watching the playoffs, this, this guy controls the game from the back end on both what, sides of the puck. What you're saying is you could actually debate if you would start a team with Connor McDavid or Kale McCarr. He's in that discussion, right? For me, for me, he is. For me, he is. And uh, especially after watching these playoffs, uh, he's that good. He's that good. You know, watching him in the playoffs, like I haven't seen a player, a defenseman skate like that or provide offense like that since Paul Coffey. But, and with all due respect to Coffey, because, you know, he did make one of the greatest defensive plays of all time. I think it was in a Canada Cup to break up a two-on-one. But he's better defensively than Paul Coffey was. He's just, he's so unbelievably complete. It's incredible. Well, you know, everyone remembers that play where he's caught a little flat-footed against McDavid and just started heading back and just ended the, the play in the corner against McDavid, who's the fastest, shiftiest, probably the best player in the league, according to a lot of people. And uh, he made it look so easy. That's defensively. And, you know, offensively, we all know what he can do. But, yeah, yeah no, it would be a really good debate in the top three, but he, he's definitely up there. I want to ask you a question or two about Montreal. Uh, a lot of people were surprised when Martin St. Louis was named as the interim coach. And this offseason, of course, his contract was extended, and he's now the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens on a permanent basis. When you heard that Marty St. Louis was going behind the bench in his previous experience was coaching his son's Bantam or Peewee team or whatever it was, what did you say to yourself? I'm curious. I think I was I was surprised, like a lot of people. Uh, yeah. I can be I can be real honest. Uh, but this is a guy. If you look at his career, I know Marty. We played against one another, and uh, when we were younger, we're the same age. And you look how how much he's per uh, persevered and uh, the dedication, commitment, and all that. I mean, once I listened to his press conference, I'm like, okay. You know, the game of hockey, it's not just all X's and O's. That's just a small part, and anyone can help with that. But he does have that presence. I was impressed with his, uh, with his press conference and then the way the team reacted after he uh, he took over. Uh, you could see the, the difference, the change in the way the team played. So, um, you know, I think he's the guy moving forward after what he did uh, once he came in. Since you are the assistant coach of the Dallas Stars, I'm going to ask you now about a Dallas Stars player. Miro Heiskanen. Future All-Star. Wow. I guess you're really relishing the opportunity to work with him, eh? I'm so excited. This guy, to me, I watched him. I know he I know he he can be one of the top five defensemen in the league. That's gonna be my job to work with him. He's got all the tools, all the talent. He's already established. I mean, we all know about him. He's already a yeah. good defenseman. But we, I want him to become great. And then in that conversation with the four names you mentioned earlier. Yeah, and since I asked you about Montreal before, I think it was reported already. But the Canadians did reach out to you, right? But you already had a job. Is that it? Yeah, that would be accurate. All right. That's uh, it's unfortunate. Montreal's lost, but obviously Dallas has gained. Did you pick out a place in Dallas yet? 
Oh, we went down there for uh, for a couple of days. It was 110 degrees, so it kind of slowed down our uh, search. But <laughs> a couple of spots uh, that we have in mind, uh, so we're looking forward to it. Are you a football fan? I, I mean, I watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say the Cowboys were my team, but they probably will become now. Uh, so uh, yeah, I do watch it every every Sunday. Alain, thanks so much for doing this. Have a great summer, and, and all the best to your son at uh, at camp. I appreciate it, Tony, anytime. Thank you very much. All right, Alan Nazruddin. I love this guy, assistant coach of the Dallas Stars. Joining me on the SICK Podcast, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. There you have it. The Montreal Canadiens called them, but they were a little too late to the party. All the best to him and to the Dallas Stars. I'm Marinaro. Have a good one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you.